We interrupt your special announcement to bring you this regularly scheduled programming. My castle, my luxury, my fiefdoms, my chandeliers! Curse you, Shovel Knight! Although I must say your armor is resplendent, I can see you've picked up on my style. Hey, it's Coley if you don't know, and it is time for another episode of Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM in Halifax. How is everybody doing? Here we are again on a Friday at 5 p.m. It is quitting time. It is the weekend. Can you believe it? I sure can't, especially since all time blends together for me. Um, yeah, so let's get right into it. Let's talk about what's going on over at lowbiasgaming.net because we haven't been here for a couple weeks. Uh, so yeah, it's mostly Jason, but we're going to start with one thing Scarlet brought us, which is a um, one episode thing of Golden Axe, The Revenge of Death Adder. Uh, which I thought for sure would have been a, um, a monthly, but apparently is not labeled as it, as it, it just says Jason said we missed it. So there it is and there you go. Ogre Battle, March of the Black Queen, there are two, four, six, eight new episodes there. There are two, four, six, eight new episodes as well of Final Fantasy IX. There is one, two, two new episodes of Minecraft and uh, one new episode of Air Guys. Uh, with one more episode on the way, I believe. Um, yeah. And there is also a few um, soundtracks and things that are happening as well, such as for Joe and Mac, Infiltrator, Jeopardy. Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, and Jackie Chan's Action Kung Fu, just to name a few. Um, so yeah, pretty uh, simple, pretty straightforward. Uh, so let's get right on to the show. Let's get on to some music. You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM
You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. That, w- that song was by Olaf Gustafsson, and it is the very long intro theme to today's game from the archives. Pinball Fantasies by Digital Illusions, based on their stunningly successful pinball dreams, you don't say. Four totally new tables, Partyland, Billion Dollar Game Show, Speed Devils, and Stone and Bones. Uh, extra features include multi-flippers, dot matrix score panel, more music and sound effects, larger, more detailed tables, mega bonuses, and expandable. Whatever that means. Don't miss this fantastic pinball simulation. And that was the back of the specifically Amiga UK box for uh, Pinball Fantasies, I'm sure you were able to guess. Uh, This is an arcade game uh, which we've covered for DOS, developed by Digital Illusions and Spidersoft, published by 21st Century Entertainment and Game Tech, and released in 1994. Um, This basically, after Epic came out with Epic Pinball, there was a pretty heavy lean on um, video pinball games, and this kind of goes into that. Um, So yeah, four four tables, uh, it is... I also haven't seen this specific set of tables in a little while, but I can tell you one thing for sure, Jason played them. He played them for the March 2017 Low Bias Monthly, which I believe I picked because I am silly enough to pick pinball games as a subject. Uh, so yeah, Pinball Fantasies, one video there if you want to check that out.
was Space Trip by Cardboard Box, and you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. And welcome back to Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM in Halifax, your home for video games, chiptunes, and all things weird and geek. And speaking of weird, it is, of course, time for the news of the weird. <clears throat> the first news, the first regular news of the weird of the year. So we'll just take this nice and um, nice and easy, shall we? And start immediately into Florida. But first, uh, I, do no- I do not read these stories ahead of time. Some of these may not jive well with all audiences. Uh, this segment is usually about 13, 15 minutes long. So take that as you will. Our lead story for today is the continuing crisis. And as I mentioned, we're starting right into Florida. Two Florida residents, Brian Montavo Tolentino, 43, of Davenport, and Juan Burgos Lopez, 39, of Lake Wales, admitted to police that they had removed four human skulls from tombs they had robbed in Mount Dora, WKMGTV reported. Polk County Sheriff Grady Judd told local media on January 8th the detective serving a search warrant on Burgos Lopez's property found a shed containing a ritualistic shrine and seven skulls the men told authorities they used in the practice of the Palo Mayombe religion. Three of the four graves robbed were of members of the armed forces, Judd said, because, uh, because Judd said, Lopez told authorities, quote, the spirit is much stronger in a hero, and it can protect you from evil. Before vandalizing the graves, Judd asked, uh, Judd added, the men drank rum and spit it on the ground, then smoked a cigar and exhaled the smoke to protect them from the spirits. DNA on the cigars led authorities to the suspects. This sounds like some sort of religion that Bender from Futurama would come up with. What is this? Uh, like, there is... I don't know if you've watched Futurama, but there is literally, literally an episode where um, they end up grave robbing a space, uh, a space cemetery. It's a space cemetery essentially for heroes, so this is a Futurama episode, just straight up. Our next two stories are under the subtitle, People in Their Pits. Uh, The South Korean startup startup Pitbull's Lab has announced it developed an AI dog collar that can help owners discern what emotions their pets are feeling based on how they bark. This device gives a dog a voice so that humans can understand, the company's director of global marketing, Andrew Gill, told Reuters. The collar detects five emotions, and owners can find out through a smartphone app if their pets are happy, relaxed, anxious, angry, or sad. Seoul National University tested the device and declared it has a 90% average accuracy rate. Collar sells for $99. I have a feeling like this is not really, hmm, this is the concept of, you know how different people will use language differently? Basically that. Um, Not everyone is going to speak the same way when they mean the same thing. Um, And the same can go to pretty much any animal that um, is at all social, you know what I mean? So this is just... eh, They say 90% accuracy rate, but it's like 30% of the time, they're right 90% of the time. (laughs) That's that's my take on it anyway. Uh, Here's another story about people and their pets. A couple in Sherbrooke, Quebec, uh, were each fined $1,500 on January 9th when police spotted the pair walking outside about an hour after the city's 8pm curfew with the husband wearing a leash, CTV News reported. I think I've seen this story. Uh, the city's curfew allows for dog walking after 8pm, but police rejected the couple's claim when they were following the rules. 
that they were following the rules. It was the first weekend under new province-wide restrictions imposed by Premier François Legault, and officers throughout, the, uh, throughout Quebec handed out more than 750 tickets. Yep, that's how bad the, the um, pandemic has become in some places. But, uh, uh, nice try, I guess. Uh, you'll just have to practice your fetish in another venue, such as, you know, inside your home, where it should belong. Um, police report. Police in the Japanese community of Funabashi City have arrested Risei Takada, uh, 26, for allegedly stealing more than a dozen toilets from houses under construction. The Daily Mail reported the thefts began in October and continued, with local media dubbing the elusive thief the God of Toilets until Takata flushed himself out by selling a brand new fixture to a second-hand store in the city. Takata, a construction company office worker, ad admitted to the thefts and he said he did it, quote, to cover my living expenses. Uh, I, I realize that things are bad, but that doesn't mean that you should flush your future down the toilet. Inexplicable. <laughs> Let's just leave it at that. Uh, here's something else inexplicable. Uh, an armed man wearing camouflage tactical gear <clears throat> approached a 23-year-old worker as she was leaving the Cranbourne West uh, Lost Dogs Home in Melbourne, Australia about 11.30pm on January 11th and demanded, demanded she turn over her cell phone, Detective Senior Sergeant Glenn Cruz told the media. Victoria Police said the man pointed his gun at the woman, then took her inside the shelter, tied her up, and asked her where the cats were before he left the room and didn't return, the Daily Star reported. The woman freed herself and called for help. Police are still looking for the man and a motive. So, it's the lost dog's home, and where are the cats? The, the cats are in the lost cat's home, I assume. You know, that stands to reason. Don't bully people about the fact that there are no cats in a dog home. Man, some people. Um, yeah, so that's a thing that happened. Um, let's move on to a story about the wrong place at the wrong time. Veronica Gutierrez, 36, was arrested in Palm Springs, California on January 5th after allegedly carjacking an SUV that was uh, at that afternoon in Rosemead, an incident that was complicated by the fact that the car owner's 84-year-old mother was in the passenger seat at the time, according to authorities. Police Sergeant Richard Lewis said the owner had left the SUV's motor running with the heater on for her mother when the suspect drove off, eventually letting the mother go in Desert Hot Springs more than 100 miles away. The East Bay Times reported the mother was unharmed and Gutierrez was being held on suspicion of kidnapping for carjacking. Uh... Alright, um... Yeah, that's something that happened. It's, let's just go on to the next story, because I got nothing to say about that, honestly. New food. The uh, European Food Safety Agency on January 13th approved yellow grubs, aka mealworms, as its first insect novel food to be used whole and dried in curries uh, and as flour to make pastas and bread. Uh, Reuters reported. Mealworms are rich in protein, fat, and fiber, according to agency food scientist Ermolaus Ververis. And there is, uh, quote, there is great interest in the edible insect sector. Uh, insector, <laughs> yes. But sociologists point out that, quote, the so-called yuck factor uh, may make the thought of eating insects repellent to many Europeans. Uh, consumer researcher Giovanni Sagari 
of the University of Parma in Italy. In Italy. With time and exposure, <coughs> with time and exposure, sorry, such attitudes can change. He added, I, I guess when I think yellow grubs, I just think slimy yet satisfying. You know, the Lion King, that thing. Um, yeah. But th this is, you know, if you do it right, then there is entirely the possibility that, that this could become a thing. The trick is to not tell the person what they're eating until after they've eaten it. And it's safely down. And there's no chance of them immediately vomiting. Though there could be a chance anyway. You know what, take it just in the most careful way possible. News that sounds like a joke. Uh, an unidentified man who authorities said appeared to be intoxicated was taken into custody on January 13th by the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission after local U.S. Coast Guard crews found him on board a stolen floating tiki hut near Hawks Channel in Key West, WTBJ reported. Uh, the man was charged with grand theft and resisting an officer without violence. The Coast Guard posted photos of the Tiki Hut and warned, don't drink and boat. I mean, it's definitely more understandable to say that than don't drink in Tiki Hut. Because, um, yeah, if, if you're going to be that drunk, just take care of yourself and don't try to invent boats. That's the best that I can that I can say right now. Least competent criminals: Asim J. Hiltz, 26, of Albany, New York, and Sharif A. Fraser of Schenectady, uh, re returned their rental car on January 13th, leaving behind an impressive amount of drugs and paraphernalia. The Daily Gazette reported. Albany County Sheriff's deputies were called and arrived about the same time Hiltz and Fraser returned to pick up their forgotten items. Authorities said which included heroin, oxycodone, pills pressed with fentanyl, marijuana, and almost $6,000 in cash. Uh, both men were arrested and faced drug charges. Uh, I never really understood how cash is drug paraphernalia. Like, how do you know that they're going to use that, that $6,000 to snort the drugs? I guess they could buy to use more drugs. That's Still, uh, that's, I don't know, just a weird outsider observation for me, I guess. Um, so yeah, that brings us to the end of the news, uh, with only two stories left. You thought I was done, I wasn't done. There's still two, two stories under the subtitle of AWESOME. I really should come up with some sort of effect for that. Uh, Joe the Pigeon, named after the, the new U.S. president, has become world famous after being found in a Melbourne, Australia backyard on December 26th with a band around his leg that suggested he was a racing pigeon for, from Oregon, 8,000 miles away. Australian authorities declared the bird a biosecurity risk and announced that they would have to euthanize him, the Associated Press reported. But Joe received a last-minute reprieve when Dion Roberts of the American Racing Pigeon Union declared on January 15th that the band around Joe's leg is counterfeit and not traceable. Uh, Australia's Agriculture Department agreed, saying in a statement that Joe is, quote, highly likely to be an Australian, and it would take no further action against him. Um... My question is, why... Hmm. I I'm just wondering why they decided to name the bird after Joe Biden? I don't know. Uh, at least the bird's okay, though. Um, yeah. That's mildly awesome, I guess. Uh, and another awesome story, residents of Chikzen Town, Fukuoka Prefecture in Japan, 
have constructed a towering 23-foot-tall gorilla scarecrow as a symbol of power and strength to scare away COVID-19. I don't think that's how it works. Sora News 24 reported construction of the gorilla made of a steel frame covered with rice straw resembling gorilla fur took two months and was finished in early December. Its open mouth reels terrifying fangs, and at night its red eyes light up. Proud Gorilla 2020 is the sixth in a series of giant scarecrows the town constructs every year. So, I, I guess let's fight COVID-19 with mechs. Um, that's how the Japanese are doing it, apparently. <laughs> okay, this is a pretty awesome story to end up on. Um, yeah, fight pandemics with mechs. There, there's your title right there. You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU, 88.1 FM Halifax. Let's get to some music, shall we?
was Saigo no Baste, or Last Bus Stop by Scythe, and you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. And welcome back to Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM in Halifax, your home for video games, chiptunes, and all things weird and geeky, and I haven't done this in a while. I am doing a rapid review rampage, and since I am doing this from my place, I'm going to be doing it a little, little differently. I have a bag here full of various DS, 3DS, and um, Switch games, and I will pick two at a time and pick one of them to talk about for one minute. Now I do have one game in here that will act as the cow. If I get the cow, then I have to talk about the other game. I will not mention which game is the cow, um, but uh, yeah, let's get to this. Um, so grab my first two games here and start. So I have, uh, let's say Kirby, Kirby's Canvas Curse. Uh, Kirby's Canvas Curse is uh, kind of an interesting game. It's a weird game for a Kirby game. Uh, you can't control Kirby uh, directly for the most part. Um, you can, however, draw lines in order to uh, direct Kirby through various levels. Uh, it is one of the few Kirby games that I have never finished 100%. I'm really close, and I know exactly where the last medal is that I'm missing, but is just one that I've never gotten, and I don't I don't know if I'll ever get it, but I got pretty close, so I'm happy with that. Um, I did Let's Play it during the um, Kirby's All-Star Legend series that I did last year, and um, it's a pretty alright game. It's, it's Kirby's Experiment Land. Oh, there we go. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> Two Professor Layton games. Well, let's go with Azran Legacy. It is the first one for the 3DS. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, it was actually the first Professor Layton game that I've ever owned. Um, so yeah, as Professor Layton, you're discovering various mysteries of uh, ancient civilizations and things. And um, you pick up some interesting characters along the way. And now it's been a while since I've played this game. I haven't actually used any of the codes that um, that are available to link to the previous or next game. But um, it was a pretty good challenge. I do remember that. And um, if you like puzzles, then the Professor Layton series in general, really. Uh, let's see, is that or that? Um, let's talk about Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Um, I know I've talked about Xenoblade Chronicles 2 several times in the past. In fact, it's probably come up in a previous Rapid Review Rampage, but... I mean, I love the Xenoblade Chronicles series. Um, it's just an excellent series of games. I actually... Uh, still remember how um, Sky Bennett, who voices um, one of the Blades, Pyra, in the game, um, actually ended up doing a full playthrough of this game and just raising a lot of money for for um, the Cystic Fibrosis Trust, and that was really cool. So I guess I'm gonna mostly talk about that because my minute's almost over. But thank you, Sky, for voicing in this game and for playing it and for raising money for charity. Um, Kirby Superstar Ultra. Yes, I have a lot of Kirby games. What of it? Uh, Kirby Superstar Ultra is um, basically Kirby Superstar except on the DS. Uh, it has a lot of the things that Kirby Superstar has, except um, it does make a few additions. Um, a couple of uh, updates, such as during Great Cave Offensive, it tells you where all, well, like, in which zones all the chests are, which can be fairly useful if you're not sure. It also adds Helper to Hero Mode, which is basically the arena, except that you play as one of the many helpers in the game. 
and uh, I've done most of those. It also has the first true arena, which kind of sets a precedent for Kirby games, and now there's always a sadistic challenge in every Kirby game, and I'm not sure if I appreciate that, but there you go. Um, Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate. Now this is one that I've mostly played the um, the base content. I know there's a little bit of additional content that's uh, that's come out for it, but I haven't played a whole lot of that. It's kind of open world, but kind of not. It's still divided into zones, which I was hoping for more of an open world experience when I was playing this game. But it's um, it's all right. It's not so much about knowing when, like how and when to attack, but also knowing how to dodge, how to defend. Um, every movement is precious in this game, and um, it really kind of keeps you on your toes. There's many different ways to play. You can play with speedier weapons that might not do as much damage, or you can play with the uh, heavier weapons that take forever to strike but do a whole lot of damage. Um, neat game. Try it. Uh, what do I have here? I have, uh, oh, let's go with Feel the Magic XYXX. Um, this is one of the earliest games that I've had for the DS. Um, imagine, um, imagine WarioWare, except sexy. And you basically have Feel the Magic XYXX. It's just a, a series of micro games that, um, for the most part, involved this silhouette girl that um, you you might interact with, or you might try to save her from oncoming danger or some such. Um, and it has kind of kind of wacky, boppy music. I don't know. Yeah, it's been a while since I've played it, but I do remember having a pretty good time with it. Um, Legend of Zelda Phantom Hourglass. Kind of a weird game, honestly. Um, it's sort of, you, you go, hmm, because it's been a little while since I've played it admittedly. But um, it's entirely uh, controlled on the, um, it's entirely controlled by stylus, by touch. And if I'm not mistaken, there's also a second-person view boss, which I, if it's the game that I'm thinking of, I remember it to be kind of frustrating. But um, it's it's a neat game. It does try to take advantage of uh, DS features. It might try to do so a little too aggressively, but um, it was okay. I played through it. It was fine. Yeah. Planet Puzzle League. Oh yes. I still play Planet Puzzle League. It it is the perfect sort of game if you just want to spend, you know, two minutes on something. But uh, if you've ever played Pinnel the Pawn, if you've ever played Tetris Attack, Planet Puzzle League is basically that. Um, it's a match three where you can only move the panels horizontally and they stack up vertically. Uh, match three in a row and they'll clear out. Uh, you can make chains, you can make combos, you can uh, play against someone, uh, send garbage their way and they'll send garbage your way. Or maybe you can just play garbage mode and send garbage upon yourself. Um, but it is definitely not a garbage game. It is super fun. It is one of my favorite puzzle games. And I kind of hope that they uh, make a Switch port of Puzzle League because I would play it all the damn time. Um, Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Gates to Infinity. Now I'm not big on the Pokemon series um, a whole lot myself, um, but I do like some of the side games that they have. Um, just it's a it's one it's a mystery dungeon game so it's effectively sort of a roguelike turn-based kind of game um, mostly pocket-sized but there are some larger dungeons as well it's also Pokemon themed so every character has up to four moves 
Uh, the moves can be upgraded uh, just as much as the character can, and you also have this town that you build up. Um, I have finished the game, but I have never completed it, and I would like to someday. Uh, Mr. Driller Drill Spirits. Now this is kind of a weird one. Um, mostly because this is a game that I bought uh, when it came out, and it actually came out in North America before it came out in Japan. But I was disappointed, there was no Drillstone mode, and the voice acting was poor, and I was very disappointed, so I ended up um, either selling that one, or trading it, or something. I ended up getting the Japanese version of this game, and it's completely, you know, feature complete. It has Drillstone mode, it has uh, every mode that you would need as a Mr. Driller fan. And, um, you know, the only drawback is that it's in Japanese, and I don't know as much Japanese as I would like to know, but, um, it's, uh, it's a fun game. It's a fun arcade game, and, uh, drilled to the bottom. Barely talked about that one, man. Um, Etrian Mystery Dungeon. Why not just stay in the Mystery Dungeon line? Uh, so much like Pokemon Mystery Dungeon, you know, turn-based, uh, small dungeon size type of thing roguelike, but this one is based on the Etrian Odyssey um, series. So, you know, in, in, the, in the core sense, Pokemon Mystery Dungeon and Etrian Mystery Dungeon are basically the same thing, just painted differently. Um, so, yeah, it's if you're a fan of the Etrian series, then this might work for you. Uh, if you're a fan of the Mystery Dungeon series, definitely give this one a look and it might get you interested in the Etrian series as well. Um, I know that I've been poking my nose into it. And last but not least, my op oh, that's Cow. So I'm talking about o Octopath Traveler. Uh, Octopath Traveler is um, a game, it's uh, an RPG that uh, is a little similar to um, to Saga Frontier in the way that there are many main characters. Every character that you, that you come across is a main character, which I, I realize is not quite the case with uh, Saga, but you know, you get the idea. Um, every party, every party character is the main character. They all have their different stories, and I'm pretty sure that they all converge in the end. The only thing that I would say is that it gets super grindy. Like I'm at a point where I'd have to grind several levels for all of my characters in order to get anywhere, and uh, that's my only frustration. But overall, it's a beautiful game, and yeah. Uh, so that will take us to the end of this. Um, very different sort of um, rapid review rampage. Uh, it was kind of interesting to be able to just pick these games out of a bag physically instead of having to use an online randomizer. Um, I wish I could do that for more games, but um, unfortunately I don't have a bag big enough to start fitting CDs and um, large-scale cartridges in it. And I wouldn't want to mix my CDs and large-scale cartridges together anyway. The CDs are just going to get scuffed that way. Um, so yeah, let's get to some more music, shall we? You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. Thank you. 
And that was Level Music Maybe by Snow Snacks. That's apparently the actual name of the song. Uh, yeah, so let's just go with that, I guess. That's a bit of an awkward ending to this episode, but yeah, I mean, I'm, an, I'm an awkward person. I think you all know that by now. I've been doing this for long enough. We can just call things as they are, can't we? Anyway, I hope that you enjoyed this episode. I certainly enjoyed doing it, and I especially enjoyed the rapid review thing, just draw physically drawing games out of a bag. And I wish I could do that some more, but it's not really something that's in, re in the realm of possibility, sadly, so... Oh well. Anyway, uh, let's get this thing done the way that we usually do. Square Wave Symphony is based on the format of the Electric Leftovers podcast by Jason Parton of Lobias Gaming, lowbiasgaming.net. News of the Weird is written by the editors at Andrews McMeal Syndication, newsoftheweird.com. Segment music composed by myself, Madame Nibiki, Nurikika McCord, Twilight of Defect, Zandax, and Commissar. Stay tuned for the Astrology Show coming up next on CKDU, followed by The Witching Hour at 7pm, and press start to continue at 8.30. Comments, questions, want your chiptunes featured on the show? Email me at squaresim at lowbiasgaming.net or get in touch on Twitter at squaresim, S-Y-M. You can also leave feedback on ckdu.ca, click on Shows, find Square Wave Symphony, and click on Leave Feedback. There is also a podcast version of this show. It's available on lowbiasgaming.net slash squaresim, or just search for Square Wave Symphony, Square Wave is one word, on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or TuneIn Radio, or most of the podcasters out there. This has been Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. I'm Coolio, if you don't know, and I'll see you guys next time.